and welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Simon. We're both property people running our own businesses and this podcast is just us chatting every week about the reality of anything and everything property. And one of the topics of conversation which comes up in our private chats and just generally speaking in property, both between Simon and myself and with other people in property circles, is what we're trying to achieve in property. And we thought it would be worth just having a bit of a conversation about that with ourselves. You know, I'm going to surprise Simon with a a couple of questions on this. I know he loves these types of conversations around objectives. Because one of the things I'm quite interested in, certainly for myself, is goal setting and also getting clarification on those goals. Because if you're anything like me, my modus operandi is very much doing. I love doing, I love executing things, getting it done. But don't stop necessarily to see that I'm doing the right things in relation to the goals that I've set and you know, doing them in the right order. But before we get into that, those of us that are getting into property usually know we want property to create hopefully better lives, greater wealth. But many of us don't think much more about it. So, Simon, tell us a little bit more before you purchased your first property or, or, or your, you know, your first or second investment property. What, what goals did you have in mind for yourself around why you were doing that? Well, my first property I purchased as my home. And before I bought it, I knew I was going to rent out some of the rooms to lodgers. So that was sort of part of the, the plan. But it was really buying my home. It really wasn't intended as an investment per se. My second property was intended as an investment. And I think at that point, I mean, we're talking a long time ago now. I'm not sure I can even remember, but assuming I can sort of slightly remember, I don't think I put very much thought into creating goals or working out why I was buying the property other than oh, property's a good thing to invest in. I'll do that. <laughs> and, and and that's what I did. So, I mean, we, we are talking 20 years ago. So it was a long time ago. And I think at that point, I had a, a very different career and the property was very much on the side. I mean, it, it still is sort of on the side, but now my career is is in property a lot more generally as well. And hence, I don't think I put very much thought into it. How about you, Stuart? Did you have? In fact, I know, I know, I know the answer to this. But for for our listeners who haven't li- listened to all of our back catalogue, <laughs> what what was your plan when you went into your first property? And this is the point of this conversation because there wasn't really a plan per se. It was just that I knew that I that I wanted to replace my salary. That is, that was the key determinant of why I was investing in property. And based on conversations and listening to many other podcasts and lots of other people, I know that's typically what a lot of us are trying to do. Not everyone, because a lot of people want to do it concurrently. Some people want to replace their salary, but still keep their job. But that, that was my goal was just, I want to replace my salary. And I, I laugh when I think about that, because the first property I bought was £73,000 one bed flat very nice and it rented for a- around 450 a month 
by the time costs were taken out of it, I'm just going to say, let's say it was £200. So the first foray I had to replacing my salary was to create a net monthly income of £200 a month. And my last job, it was a six-figure salary. So I hadn't quite done the maths even before that first purchase to realise, oh, I'm going to need 25 of these to, to replace my salary. So that was my goal, was, was to replace salary. But as, as per that story there, I hadn't really thought about how that was going to happen. So, yeah, we, we can direct people to, 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 to our origin stories, if you like. But you, you had lodgers, rented out your room. Then you move on to the next property. What are you thinking? Well, it'd be nice to collect some properties, wouldn't it? I, I like, like properties. So, <laughs> so, property one, personal home. Property two, investment, because, well, what else do you invest in? And then... Not crypto. Yeah, crikey, no. Although maybe it's coming back, maybe it's not. Who knows? But anyway, let's not go there. The property three was was still just sort of expanding because property investment's what you do. And then there's big gap, and property four was much more deliberate. And that I did have very specific reasons or objectives for for purchasing that one. And it was really around creating enough background income, so passive income. I mean, it's not passive, obviously. We've talked about that before as well. But enough passive income so that it could help support me now, but probably not really, mostly so that it could support me in the future. So I would like to have that as a, well, in the end, as a pension, but also as a a safety net, really. And that, that was what I was looking for. So I was trying to build the portfolio up enough so that it was the income from it could be lived on. Probably not while I've got young children, probably not as they're needing umpteen replacements of clothes when they seem to grow three feet every two weeks uh, and that sort of thing. But after we've gotten through university and wherever else they might want to, to go and do to start setting up, it would be enough then to, to, to be, be livable at least. So here's a here's the thing because I, I I say that as well. Yeah, you know, I see it as a bit of a pension. At that point, had you considered what that actually meant in real terms? So I want this property to be a pension. What does that actually mean? And I'm talking financially, as in numbers. No, I think is probably the answer. So, in in, in simple terms, for the the sort of here and now, yes. So I had worked out. If, if we cut back everything in our, our personal lives and lived the simplest lives we could, what, what property revenue would be needed for, for the, the here and now? And, and that's what we worked out, and that's where I knew new goals. And four properties is heading in the right direction, but doesn't quite get me there yet. Hence, still looking for, for expanding that. But the thing I haven't done is projected that out 20, 30 years to retirement and worked out what the figures would actually be then at that point. Did you go that far? Absolutely not. No. I, um, That's reassuring. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you'll have done more than me. I'm very, very confident. 
The reason I, I think this this topic is interesting, certainly for me and and and, and you, is that I'm pretty sure most of us. I'm I'm sure there's going to be some people, and if you're a person that has meticulously planned either your pension, your forecasting of pension, please generally do reach out to us at the Biz of Property on Twitter or via thebusinessproperty.com. We'd, we'd love to hear about you and how you've done it. Maybe even get you on the show to talk about that. Because the thing for me is, is I'm sure most of us, we, we put off till tomorrow things like pensions and retirement because it, because it seems so far away. And that's, that's cliched and we understand it. But when, so for myself, I say, yeah, I think about this as a pension. I haven't even stopped to think about how much money I would need in whatever my retirement looks like. You know, I don't fully intend to retire, but when I want to take my foot off the gas and and if I'm fortunate enough to reach my 70s in good health, you know, do I would I need you know 5000 pounds a month? You know, what is it? And that for me is the is the real crux of it for me personally is that to, to plan out so we, we can talk about you know annuities and, and everything else because essentially that's how you know pensions operate but that's the bit that I come back to with with properties is because originally I didn't even really set a proper financial goal around what I wanted it was just I need to replace my salary if I'd been explicit and said okay I need this net income figure a month the first thing I would have done properly is is look at my current expenditure and realize that it didn't need to be what it is and in 30 years time i'd hope it'll be you know factoring in inflation less still because like most people i just want to have some nice holidays a couple of nice breaks and to be to live the same standard of living whatever that means to me buying nice coffee or whatever my good life looks like and I think that's the bit that a lot of us don't necessarily do, even in what I would consider short to medium term. I, what does replacing my salary look like? Well, OK, I still want to have one holiday a year that's going to cost with my family at least, you know, three and a half, four thousand pounds. So that's four thousand pounds that I need, as well as all of the basic expenses. And, and so that's what I'm thinking about. So then to think about that as a pension. You know, I'm sure there's lots of things online that would help that do help us now forecast that, but we don't. So maybe this conversation is really about how how we would do that. Yeah, when when we talked about pensions recently on, on our poor Ben episode, it actually surprised me how low the the average pension pot is. I don't have the numbers in front of me now, and I can't remember, but it was a few hundred thousand, and that's enough supposedly, with state pension, to see you through retirement. And if the, t- if the objective for retirement is that low, then theoretically, I've met that. But I, I don't, I mean, that, I don't know that that really is, because you say, but I haven't actually really calculated it. And this is probably something I should do. I've made the conscious decision not to put money into an actual pension plan an actual pension savings plan I, I do have one from past employments and stuff but it's it's tiny and i've deliberately decided not to continue that or expand that because i wanted to invest in something that i had more control over and that i could influence and benefit from in the shorter term as well as that longer term 
and hence why I went into property quite a while ago and then decided to expand it because it's what I know, it's what I like, and it gives me that that control now and in the future. But I, I'm not sure really whether that was actually the, the right decision as a pension plan. I should probably speak to a, a pension advisor or, or some such, but but never, never quite got around to it. Have you ever spoken to a pension advisor and actually dug into these sorts of things? No, not really. I've been contacted by a few, but essentially my my journey was exactly the same in terms of that's, you know, it, my pension would be very small, et cetera. And um, yeah, I gave up work a few years ago, so it's it's, it's a pittance. But that, that, that's one element of it is, you know, a lot of people say, I want this to be a pension, but also replacing salary. I think... What are the questions, you know, a lot of people want financial independence. And I think it's clarifying what that means. So for me, it was about replacing salary. And actually, if I'd got it right, there was a step before that, which would be ensuring that our cost base, as it, what we spend as a household, was the lowest it could be. And actually, I didn't do that first. I missed that step. And I had to go back a step and start doing that because actually replacing the salary wasn't what I needed to do. And I think I did that just because that's what all of the marketing tools of all of these property companies kept telling me. What, oh, you need to replace, you want to replace your salary, you want to replace your salary because that's what equates to freedom. And nine out of 10 people, when you ask them why they're investing in property or crypto or what, you know, that want to start their own business, why do you want to do that? Because I want freedom. Yet none of us have quantified what that means and so freedom for me was working for myself making my own decisions and covering covering household costs so i see covering household costs as financial security step one which to be completely candid we're still working on that but then the next step for me is financial independence which will be not just covering the costs but now living the life we want to live and then of course Financial freedom, I think, is just the final step of being able to, to do what you do, what you want to do. But the point I was going to make on this podcast is I think there's a question which, you know, I spoke to one of the guys from a, another property company. And, you know, he always does this. It's called the five wise deep exercise. So if you if you ask your if, if you've got a statement or something and the kids absolutely hate me because I, I do this on them all the time, which is they'll say they want something and I'll say, why? And then they'll give them the next answer and I'll say, why? And then, you know, whatever it is around the dinner table. But it's a really good exercise to get through it. So so for me, for example, if I said I, I want the business to give me £100,000 a year, well, I have to say, well, why? Why do I need £100,000 a year? And when I drill down on my own objectives and goals, it always comes down to really just having a nice holiday or being able to travel. And if I were doing this really well, I'd then work out where it is I'd want to go and what I need. Because a lot of people say, I want £100,000 or I want a million pounds. But it's not the money we want. It's the results that that money is going to get us. And I think that's the important thing for me now with property. It's like just reminding me what it is we're trying to develop. But my experience is obviously I've now created a property business and now that's that's got momentum. So I've now got to feed I've got to feed that machine. Yeah. Are, are you in the property business because you're in the property business? Or or are you in the property business because you have wider objectives that actually feed you your personal life and your personal 
goals. Yeah, I, I can see see the difference there and see the the need to to go back all the way back to personal objectives and personal goals. That that's something that I I'm very very much guilty of not doing. I most years I've I've had a very bad year for goal setting this particular year, but previously I've been pretty good at every year setting business goals. But I've been a lot worse at setting personal goals and even now I don't really know exactly what the what my personal financial objectives are I mean as you say yours around being able to have a holiday or two every year with with your family and that's something that I like to do but I've never sat down and actually worked out what that means in terms of averaged out income and then how that feeds through into what the business needs to produce or businesses need to produce so so yes definitely definitely work there that could be improved something something that we have done in the past though as in my wife and i is looked at minimizing our outgoings and this is something that we particularly did near the beginning of, of the pandemic because as many many people found life was changing a lot we didn't really know what the future held. So sensible thing to do is sort of batten down the hatches, work out what you can cut and what you can reduce and where your minimum figure is. And and, and we did that. And we, we went to the extent of, sort of looking at what we had in the bank and working out how many years we could potentially survive with zero income and, and things like that, sort of worst case scenario planning. And And I think from that exercise we're actually now in, in quite a good position because we have minimised a lot of lot of our family outgoings. A few things have crept back in where we've subscribed to Disney Plus and, and things like this to help help us get us through some of the pandemic stuff. But yeah, we did we did go through that exercise. Have you ever been through that exercise, Stuart? Or are you are you more thinking this is something you should be doing in in the near future? Well, my wife and I typically sit down once a week and go through very specific budgets uh, in the household so we know you budget weekly <laughs> yes wow <laughs> typically, typically we do although we haven't been as good at it recently i should be honest we haven't been as good at it but i'm trying to move us more from budgeting to planning and what i mean by that is that typically you know we've created it on excel there's lots of different things people can use you need a budget is a great place to start it's a great book by the way you need a budget, but just in terms of categorizing spend. So we'll typically sit down every month and go through our spend. And uh, I've got, I've, I've just created an Excel sheet for every month. And then it just sees at the start of every month, we sit down and we'll go through what we plan for that month and say, right, okay, so, so the total expenditure for this month is X, you know, with, with four kids, as you well know, you know, grocery is a big part of that as, as well as mortgage and of course utilities now. But then it's like, okay, you know, the kids are going to need three pairs of shoes and we're going to need this. And then there's a club that they need. And that, but that all gets mapped out. So we know pretty much what's going to be spent for the month. And then every week we'll just go through and plug in the expenditure direct from the bank feed to see how we're tracking. But my concern with that is it's still very reactive. And what, what I'm now trying to move us forward to is, say, okay, what do we want to spend money on? And have we are we allocating the right amounts of money because actually we're just logging what we do spend rather than being and i use this word intentionally 
intentional, you know, and I want to get to a more intentional living because particularly with young families, it's very easy just to be very reactive and just say, right, this is what, you know, we spent. And, and it's really helped. It's really helped focus down even to, to get down. We know that we're pretty much spending the least amount possible. Now, someone else could come and sit down and say, well, actually, no, because you've still got Netflix. You've still got, you know, so things like Amazon and, and you know, Netflix, we have, but we now start to talk about, okay, which ones of these should we let go? You know, it's okay. It's only 10 pound a month, 120 pounds a year. But do we really need it? Do we need that with all the other services? But it's got us down to, okay, it, it actually shifted us away from shopping with one grocer to another, you know, so we moved to, to Aldi and that saved us 200 pounds a month, for example. And also there, we had some expenditure which I grayed out as fixed, like this will not change. So it was mortgage. I'm just trying to think, you know, we had, we had a loan and a couple of other items. And I'd grade those out. But then, you know, a couple of weeks back, I was saying, why did I grade that out? Why did I grade out the mortgage? Because the mortgage was brand new. But of course, you know, cost of living crisis and all that. I thought, you know, what? I'm just going to phone the bank, even though the mortgage is several months old, and just said, look, with everything that's going on in the world right now, and our, our you know cost of living has increased a lot, the utilities and everything else, is there anything I can do with this mortgage? Because you know I work in property, and I thought, well, after I have to wait six months, and then da da da. And I said, well, actually, yeah, we can just extend your mortgage term by two years, and that will drop five hundred pounds off your monthly spend. And I was like, okay, I, yeah, I think we'll I think we'll have a look at that. You know, so okay, the back end, you know, we're paying more interest. But right now, that just helped us. And it was just those sorts of just having that weekly focus meant we we just started thinking, okay, I think you can go too far the other way. And so that's probably why we stepped back a bit, just say, okay, we're happy. But yeah, so it's very much a focus for us to to make sure that we're, our expenditure is low. And I feel like it's a habit that, you know, even if our revenue increases significantly, we'd still be fairly uh mundane in terms of our spend we're not uh you know particularly gregarious people but yeah so so that's that's how we approach it pretty much on a weekly basis i'm very impressed that you look at that weekly we we do keep a a monthly household budget and, and my wife does does update that fairly diligently and we do sit down and go through it not every month but every few months and yeah that 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 seems like a reasonable chore to me. So to do that that weekly, I'm I'm very impressed. This this is going to surprise you, Simon. We actually we enjoy it. We get a cup of tea, and we go and sit in the study, and we shut the door. We tell the kids, right, we're doing the budget. Don't come and touch. Don't, don't come and see us for an hour. And we <laughs> we shut the door. You know what though? Your your kids certainly the older few. You should be inviting them in. You should be talking to them about the budget. And and this is something that I think is dreadful in our current education system the children do not get educated in what it is like to run a household budget what what a mortgage really is and what it means even simple loans and that that sort of thing they just don't get taught this stuff at school uh, and th- this is something i've been meaning to to bring my my older child or two in on for a while and we just haven't had the, the opportunity to do it but but we will and and I, I think yours are old enough that you, you should be thinking about this as well and actually sitting down with wife and children to go through that that budget and I know it's going to spoil your your nice 
quiet study time <laughs> and, and perhaps make the, the event less enjoyable. But, but I, I think there's, there's value in that for, for children. I completely agree. I think it's, uh, that's a, probably a different podcast topic on a different podcast than ours. But you're absolutely right. And once or twice, we have invited one of the kids in because uh, one of the kids was asking for something. We said, look, come and look at this budget. Look, we've, we're spending X amount on your... Uh, in fact, uh, and just for ourselves, so, so the kids did a number of clubs. And this was one of the things that I'm sure, like most parents, we, we, we want our children to be as happy as can be and, and want them to have more than we had. But we're at a stage where with four children, we had, you know, the girls doing a couple of different clubs and boys doing a couple. And we said, right, OK, look, look at this is our budget. And this is how much we spend. So unfortunately, we are going to have to drop one. So you're going to have to make decisions. And the fact that we'd sat down with them and explained it and talked about it meant that that, they didn't necessarily like it, but they understood it. And hopefully we'll we'll bring them back. And I know we're we're probably digressing. We're we're certainly running out of time. But just that conversation itself just really helped in the fact that they knew there was a budget in place. But we've, we've kind of drifted far away from, from goals. But I think it's really important because without that, actually, we, we can't set uh, our clear goals, which, which, we, which we may well come on to uh, on another uh, podcast episode to talk through, you know, maybe mapping out and, and achieving those goals. Yep. I think that'd be, be a number of excellent topics there that we can, we can chat about in other weeks. But, but this week, I think we really are out of time. Yes, so sadly, that is the end of this podcast episode. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it as much as Simon and I did enjoy having the conversation. As always, please do reach out to us at BIZ of Property on Twitter or thebusinessofproperty.com. There's a contact form on there where there's also the show notes. And we are publishing all of these episodes on YouTube as well if you want to listen on the desktop. Until next week.